This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. Because if you're going to build it, you might as well build it big. You want to reach as many people as possible. You want to impact them as much as possible. You want to make as much money as you can. I get it, man. I get it. Money's not the most important thing, but it does help you to continue to do what you do. Let's not act like it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters, man. I want to keep you doing that. That's the purpose of this podcast. My name is David Hooper, bigpodcast.com. That's the website. If you go there, you will see a newsletter. It is called Big Podcast Insider. It comes out every Friday morning, New York time. This episode, it is the audio edition of that newsletter. Everything that I talk about will be linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. And here is what I'm talking about in this episode. Doctor versus podcaster. How much longer will Twitter last? Podseeker. It's a podcast contact and audience database. Do you hate promoting your own work? I got something for you. The podcaster who never talked. What would that be like? Well, I'm going to tell you. Speaking of money, why listeners will pay for your podcast. I've also got some classified ads of things that I think are important to you and will benefit you growing your podcast. Everything that I talk about is about marketing your podcast. This is not a tech podcast. If you want to know how to plug in this to that, this isn't the place for you. There are better people to do that. But once you figure that out, man, I'm going to help you make money with it. This episode brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. That means where you are and where they are, recording it in a way that it sounds like you are in the same room. 70,000 people and companies use it. Guy Raz has a podcast called How I Built This. Spotify uses it. The New York Times uses it. Here's the behind the scenes, how it works. It records locally on your computer and each participant's computer, then uploads everything to the cloud, separate tracks, gives you great quality audio that you can later edit, make it sound even better. If somebody doesn't have a computer, just got a phone, they got you covered there too. They've got an iOS app. If somebody's got an iPhone, good, good, good enough. Hold it up to your mouth. You're going to sound great. The new mics on iPhones, not bad. You're going to sound pretty good with Riverside.fm. Right now, you can try it for free. The URL again, Riverside.fm. Go there, sign up. No obligation. Check it out for a couple of hours. If you like it, here's the code for you. Get 15% off the paid plans. The code, Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's Riverside.fm. The code to get 15% off. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. As I mentioned, this is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. Everything is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I'm going to go from story to story to story to story to story going through these just like that, getting you all the information that you need. And in between those stories, you're going to hear this sound. That means if you're following along at newsletter.bigpodcast.com, it is time to go to the next story. You ready? Here we go. Doctor versus podcaster. A friend of mine told me this story. I think you're going to be able to relate to it. I certainly was. She had an appointment with a doctor and it didn't go so well. She goes there. She's concerned about something. She's going to tell the doctor what's up, hoping the doctor's going to have some good information, medication. Who knows? The doctor's going to fix the thing for her, right? That didn't happen. Here's what she told me. She said, the doctor wasn't listening to me. So I just stopped talking. It's a very common situation when it comes to doctors. You might've experienced it. A lot of people have. A study published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine evaluating how doctors interact with patients found that on average, doctors spend 11 seconds, 
11 seconds listening to a patient before interrupting. In fact, many doctors don't even ask patients why they came to the office that day. Unfortunately, I hear a lot of podcasts that have got a similar issue, both guest and host, people talking over each other. Why is that? First reason is simply inexperience, lack of communication skills. They don't know any better or they're nervous. They haven't done it enough to kick those nerves, move forward, trust themselves, basically sit back, let the other person finish out, and then trust themselves to move on to whatever is next. Second reason, the guilty party. This is not just host, it's guest as well. The guilty party isn't wearing headphones during a remote interview. And because of that, isn't able to hear other people that they're interacting with. They're going on and on and on, blah, 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 blah. And when they're talking, this is the way that it works when you don't use headphones. When a person is talking, it's shutting off their speakers because you don't want feedback. You don't want those speakers coming back into the microphone that's on and completely messing up your recording. So you're talking, your speakers are off. That's why you wear headphones. Headphones are going to continue to give you this signal from the other side. That means you can talk and you can listen at the same time. And if somebody comes in, they interrupt, they interject, they ask a follow-up question, whatever, you're going to be on top of it, be able to respond to that rather than continuing to talk. We've all talked on speakerphones, blah, 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 blah. They work the same way. That is what is happening when somebody does not use headphones to record a podcast. So that's number two. Number three, tease this out a little bit earlier. Hosts do not trust their ability to control an interview and guests don't trust their ability to get their messages out. Let's look at this from a host perspective first. You're a host, you're a little bit nervous, you don't trust your ability to control the interview. Whenever you do see something that you can control, something you can respond to, you immediately respond to it. Not letting the guest finish, not even listening to the guest, only worrying about yourself. So you'll cut a guest off, not follow up where you should, going on to that next thing thinking I've got to get to what's next. I don't want any dead air. I don't want people to see that I'm not that great a host. There are a million reasons that this can happen. And on the flip side of this, you've got guests that come in, usually beginner guests. I don't see this with pros, not anybody who's got real experience, definitely not anybody who's actually listened to themselves because it comes off like being a total jerk. These are the guests that they just want to promote something. I've got a book. I'm coming onto your podcast because I'm here to promote, 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 promote. All they want to do is talk about the book. They don't want to talk about how they got into the book, why you should read the book, why you should listen to them, why they're qualified to write the book. They're jumping into that interview, trying to completely control the situation because they're not trusting that the host, after getting that basic information, why you wrote the book, why you're qualified to write the book, why you should read the book, after getting that information from them, that they will have an opportunity to actually talk about how to buy the book, where to get it, how to get it. Basically, the call to action, whatever's next. So again, this can be a two-sided thing. It can be the guest and it can be the host. But regardless of who it is, when somebody doesn't feel heard on a podcast, and I'm going to put feel heard in quotes, that person stops talking. Just like my friend in the doctor's office. So why am I going to talk anymore? She's not listening to me. Basically got in the appointment, then immediately got out of the appointment and went on to somebody who could help her. It's going to be the same thing with you and a guest. If a guest is not being listened to by you, that guest is going to get out of there, not promote your podcast, not give you a good interview. It's done and vice versa. When you've got a guest and that guest is not answering your questions, what do you do? 
I've had this happen <laughs> more than once. Let's leave it at that. Where a guest isn't answering the questions, a guest doesn't show up in the correct way using the headphones that I need them to have, proper microphone. Maybe they just want to talk about themselves. I'm booking them for an hour show, let's say. I'll cut it off in 20 minutes. I have one guy, he's like, oh, I, th I thought this was a little bit longer. No, 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 we got what we need. No, I'm good. Appreciate you, man. All right, thanks. Click. Done. Done. I think at that point, you probably knew, yeah, I, I, I messed up. But man, if I have told you what I need ahead of time, before we even get on the line or get in person to do the interview, if I've told you that, and if during the interview, I'm asking questions that you're not responding to, if I'm not feeling heard as a host, why am I going to continue on to this thing? You can probably relate to this because this is not that uncommon. Sometimes we're going to get a clunker when it comes to guests. You do not want to be there as a host though. There's no excuse for you to do this as a host. And I'm going to give you an action step for your next interview. When the guest is talking, answering a question, just talking to you, whatever. You think, I need to ask a follow-up question or I need to interject. Wait just a half second longer. Make a note of it. Okay, I'm going to wait just a half second longer. Then jump in. Maybe wait one, two, three seconds. You can always cut this out in the edit. People get nervous when it comes to silence. That's the reason the hosts are jumping in, trying to control an interview, cutting off their guest or vice versa. So people get nervous when it comes to silence. If you give them a little bit more silence, they're going to give you the real answers. For example, let's say that I ask a sensitive question. How much money do you make? That's one of those things people don't talk about, right? Money, sex, religion. How much money do you make? And then you're quiet. One, two, three. I'm not saying the guest would answer that question but you're going to get a good answer. Well, I don't answer that because blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's a bold question for you to ask. I'm curious. Why did you ask that? I don't know. Pause. That's the point. You can always take the extra pauses out and edit. It's going to give you a little space to make the guest maybe a little on the edge. Keep that guest listening. Know that you're going to stick with these questions and get those answers that you want. And it's also going to make sure that a guest doesn't get cut off, feel cut off, feel unheard, and stop talking. That's what you don't want. It is better for a guest. And I tell every single guest that I ever interview this, don't worry about the timing. It is better for you to go on and on and on and on and on and on and give me something that I can edit afterwards than to give me a short answer that I can't do anything with. I can always take away, but I can't add to it. And also tell them this because you're thinking, man, I don't want to go on and on and on. <laughs> I will cut you off if you go too long. I don't want you to give me a 10 minute answer. I want you to be brief, be concise, be thoughtful, but don't worry about the time. Let me worry about the time. This is what happens when you give your guests space. This is what happens when you listen. This is what happens when you are quiet. Now, with that said, there are times when you need to talk. There are times when you need to move your interview forward. We're going to talk more about that in this episode of Build a Big Podcast. For more thoughts on this subject, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. How much longer will Twitter last? When it comes to talking about yourself and your podcast, Twitter was 
was great. And it's still pretty good for personally connecting with people. I love Twitter. I'm still there. As far as looking to the future, though, let's be honest. It's kind of a mess right now. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be there. It's definitely changing. I would suggest that you consider other platforms that are similar to Twitter. One, Mastodon. Got an invite link for you if you want to get in. It's invite only. They're different servers. A little more complicated than Twitter. Anyway, newsletter.bigpodcast.com if you want that. Spoutable, kind of a Twitter knockoff. Three, Tumblr. If you're into graphics, kind of a Twitter meets Instagram thing. Yes, Tumblr, that Tumblr. And yes, it is back. Mastodon, Spoutable, Tumblr. These are worth looking at. If you've got an old account, log back in. Make sure your bio is correct. If you don't have an account, like I said, newsletter.bigpodcast.com to get you into Mastodon. Set something up. Keep an eye on Twitter. Here are the big reasons that people are worried about Twitter. One, not as effective. If you've been on Twitter, you've seen that. A lot of people have left. But a couple more that aren't just, hey, I feel this way. These are legitimate things that Twitter is up against right now. One, there are a lot of employment lawsuits happening right now. I've got this linked newsletter.bigpodcast.com if you want more details on that. The second, also linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com, there are a lot of fines coming up. One of them, or many of them, from the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, reporting requirements. Eh, Twitter's not so good about that. <laughs> I've got all this linked newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I don't have a dog in this fight. I wouldn't blame anybody for still being there. Like I said, I am. But be careful if you're putting a ton of time and other resources into Twitter. Like I said, it might not be there long. I've been around long enough that I've seen these things come and go and come and go. MP3.com, MySpace.com, Friendster, <laughs> a lot of them. They were fun. They were relevant. Eh, not so much anymore. I'm curious what you think. If you want to reach out to me, you can do it via Twitter, Mastodon, wherever. Let me know what you think. All the links, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Podseeker, it's a podcast contact and audience database. Podseeker, this is a great database for marketing and PR. If you're looking to find and pitch the right podcast for guest appearances, cross promotions, anything like that, this is a good option for you. It's got 2 million podcasts and contact emails within the database. It's updated daily. It takes the guesswork out of finding highly relevant podcasts in any niche. And not only do you get contact info for each podcast, you also get audience data information. Meaning, if you look up a podcast in Podseeker, you're going to get not only the contact information for the production company, the hosts, whoever's involved with making it, but also listener information, arguably with pretty good accuracy. It is worth checking out. Yes, it costs money. 49 bucks though. 49 bucks, yeah. It is a deal, man. The link, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You hate promoting your own work? Let's continue on this thread about talking about yourself. Do you hate promoting your own work? Be honest. If so, try this. First of all, let's throw it all out on the table. You are not alone if you are not a fan of promoting your own work. A lot of times it makes people feel uncomfortable, nervous. They just don't want the hassle. A lot of times they're just comfortable making the work that they do. And it's not only podcasters, it's writers, musicians. The question all have asked is, how do you get over it? How do you move forward with getting the word out about your podcast? Here are some suggestions to make your self-promotion easier. One, create realistic self-promotion goals. I've done interviews over the years with people who've come out with new books, music, podcasts. 
And they've got these big plans, man. I just came out with a new book, a new music album, a new podcast. I'm going to promote this for five years. I'm going to do 25 things a day to promote it. At the end of five years, everybody's going to know my name. Crazy, arguably unrealistic self-promotion goals. And usually what happens, believe me, I've been there. I mean, I work, 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 work on a new book. And as I'm doing that book, I'm thinking, oh man, sure wish I could get into promotion mode. <laughs> and then when it's promotion time, I said, man, I sure wish I could get back to writing a book. You're so tired from creating whatever it is you create. And then you've got to go out and promote it. And then you're getting exhausted from being turned down or just negativity. People are like, oh man, that book sucks or that album sucks or that podcast sucks. You know, it, it, it gets exhausting to put yourself out there. So all those goals that you had, who cares? You're like, oh, well, I can't have this crazy unrealistic goal that I had. So I'm just going to do nothing. This is why it's important when you do create your self-promotion goals that it is realistic. I'm going to do one thing every day. That, for the most part, is going to get you better results than this 25 things a day, for example, because you'll keep it up. If you don't do anything, that is zero. Doesn't matter what you say you're going to do. Let's talk about what you're actually going to do. Second thing, keep what's working and drop what's not. When you do get into this, let's say you get into podcast guesting. You go to Podseeker. Again, linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com if you want to find out more information about that. But you get into a database like that and you think, I'm going to approach all these podcasts to talk about my book, my music, or my own podcast, my own business. If you find that a certain genre of podcast isn't working or going on podcasts in general isn't working, you don't have to keep doing it. But when you do find something that's working, you want to do the opposite of that. You want to keep going, maybe even increase what you're doing. But it's important for you to know what's working and what's not working. You probably heard the phrase, I know half my advertising is working. I don't know which half. Keep what's working, drop what's not, and know the difference. Number three, do not reinvent the wheel. This is kind of a side note. <laughs> I had a guy that he loved to be the boss. And he was hiring all sorts of people, a lot of overseas guys that he could get for pretty cheap. I mean, not free, but inexpensive. And I remember I bought a font once. And he said, why are you buying that font, man? You just hire somebody to design you a font. Like, dude, what are you talking about? I mean, I know these guys are working inexpensively, but it's easier, faster, cheaper for me to buy this font. You know, don't be that guy. Do not reinvent the wheel. If something is already there for your promotion, for getting the word out about your work, do not make your situation more complicated than it needs to be. But this gets back into the psychology of promoting our own work. Sometimes we get caught up in this stuff. It's like we've got a backup problem in place in case our first problem gets started. You ever know somebody like that? Sometimes we hijack ourselves when it comes to promoting our own work. We make things a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Well, I need to take interviewing classes. Well, I need to do this. I need to do that before I do an interview. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you to jump into something you have absolutely no idea about, but I am telling you, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. You don't need to read every single book on it. You don't necessarily need to start at square one. Get in there, jump in, find out what's happening. Don't reinvent the wheel. Use the skills that you've got. Keep what's working. Drop what's not. Use already available tools to your advantage. And when you find something that is working, and I'm talking about focus here, not just the ways that you promote, 
But what I have found is you do a product, a podcast, a music album, a book, and you think people are going to buy it or be interested in it for one reason, and they're interested in it for another reason, well, go with it, man. Go with it. Do not be afraid to shift your focus. I'm going to end this segment talking about the number one reason that I feel keeps people from promoting their own work. And this gets back into the psychology of promotion. We put ourselves into it, man. We get nervous. We make it about ourselves. I don't want to get on TV. I'm nervous. I don't like to see myself on video. I don't want to have to get up early in the morning and fly around and go to television stations, whatever. We've got all sorts of excuses like that, right? But if you remove yourself from the process and you remove yourself from what you're doing, and what I mean by that is focus on the audience, focus on the results that people are going to get from your book, from your podcast, from your album, from your show, from your stage play, whatever it is. When you remove yourself from the process and make it about other people, it can be easier for you. Let's go back to your podcast. When it comes to creating your podcast, of course you're involved. Of course it's natural for you to be self-conscious or nervous because of this. But by switching into that promotion mode, making it about them, making it about the audience, focusing on the results that they are getting, many people, because it is no longer about them, find that that makes their promotion efforts easier. It's all about the people that your podcast, your book, your stage play, or your album or your live shows is helping. Three things to focus on. One, the value your podcast brings to listeners. Two, the knowledge or entertainment people receive when listening to your podcast. And three, the people who will be helped by what you've created. Think about those three things and get out and promote your podcast. People will not discover it on their own. Not nearly as quickly as they will with you getting out, getting behind it, letting them know about it. So right now, deep breath. Exhale. Put that energy into them. Get that energy out of you. Put it into them. And a place to start, might want to check out that database I'm talking about, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. All right, let's flip this on its head. The podcaster who never talked. You want to hear a joke about podcasters? <laughs> Crack myself up on this one. Podcasters never shut up. That's true. Until it's time for them to promote themselves. I can relate. I can relate. Like I said earlier, I would rather be doing something than talking about what I've already done. By the time you're in promotion mode, you've already done the thing. Think about being in a band. You got to write an album, record an album, get the album released. Then what, two, three years of going out and playing those songs? I just saw something from Mick Mars of Motley Crue. <laughs> you know, Motley Crue's in a lawsuit. Do you know this? This band has been around about 40 years. He just retired from the band. <laughs> There's some back and forth. Uh, the band apparently has said that Mick can't remember the songs or, or Mick isn't performing at the level that he should. Anyway, here's what he said about that. He said, I have not played these songs for six or eight months. That's when he retired. But I did play the same eight songs for 40 years. I could pick up a guitar right now, not having played anything for months, and still play them note for note, play them perfectly. Something to be said, right? That's what promotion is like. These are old, old songs, and he's still playing them. That is what our promotion is like. So, of course, we're not going to want to talk about it sometimes. Sometimes people enjoy those old songs, or whatever your version of an old song is. And sometimes 
those old songs to us are new songs to other people. Even with a band as big as Motley Crue, and even on your level, with your level of dedicated listeners, you have people, the most dedicated people that do not know everything that you are doing. Even the people that we know the best, the people who follow us and download every single thing that we do, read every single thing that we do, even they miss things. That is the reason that we need to get out and talk about ourselves. If you're having trouble doing that, putting a system in place may help you get into the habit of getting the word out. Let me give you an example, give you a few tasks that you can do each time you release an episode. I'm not saying this is the only thing you should do. I'm not even saying that you should do these tasks. But what I am saying is that having something like this, a flight check, number one, number two, number three, that you do every single time, that's going to help you make sure that you don't overlook this stuff because it's easy to do. So for example, you come out with an episode of your podcast. One, post an update on LinkedIn. Two, add an entry to your newsletter. What, you don't have a newsletter? You know I do. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Have I mentioned it? <laughs> anyway, newsletter, Twitter, put something else on the list. The third thing, for example, you release a podcast where you mention somebody, reach out to anybody who was mentioned, let them know that they are in that episode and that they were mentioned. You get the idea. Put together a list. Here's my flight check. Here's my process of every single thing that I do every single time that I release an episode. Five, 10 things, whatever. This is how podcasts grow. Don't leave it up to chance. If you don't want to do it, put the plan in place, train somebody else to do it for you. This stuff is super easy to outsource, but regardless of whether it's you or whether it's them, just make sure you do it every single time. What are you doing? Let me know. Reach out to me, Twitter, Mastodon. I've got links, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Will listeners pay for your podcast? Had a great time working with Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting at Rockin' Pod this year. About three weeks ago, we got together in Nashville. He came down from Akron, Ohio. Had some big ideas that he presented about why listeners will pay for your podcast. I've got those big ideas linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com, but I want to go over a few of them here. Even if your podcast is free to download, I think this is important info. People may not be paying for the podcast per se, but you have people that may want to hire you for consulting, maybe come speak at their company, maybe pay you to come do a live performance, come entertain them. But let's take all that off the table. Say it's just your podcast. That's all you've got. These are still important things for you to talk about, even if you've got a free podcast, because what people are doing in that case, while they're not giving you money, they are exchanging time and attention, even more valuable than money. Here are the big ideas that Dave shared. One, set your podcast up as the only option. You need to offer something that people can't get elsewhere to make them pay or even listen for free. You may remember at the beginning of this episode, I said, this is not about plugging in a microphone. This is not about tech. This is about marketing, how to build a bigger podcast, how to make people care about your podcast. There's a reason that I do that. For one, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't know about tech, but there are all these other tech podcasts out there, man. Go, 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 go listen to them. But if you want me, if you want this kind of information, I do what I do. And this is the kind of thing that cannot be copied. You need to have something similar, setting yourself up as the only option, making a podcast that people cannot get elsewhere. Number two, Dave says that good, let's throw that in quotes, good isn't enough. People want to feel something. They want to laugh, cry, think, grow. When he talks about good, he's talking about good mic, good sound quality, competency. And that's fine. 
But when people listen to a podcast, they don't want just information. They do want to feel something. They want to be entertained. They want to get excited. They want to feel possibility. It's not just info you're delivering. It's how you deliver. It's how you make them feel. Do people feel good? But good for you, that's not good enough. You need to deliver a message in a very specific way. And that's something that's going to make them feel something. Number three, don't try to be everything to everyone. Focus on the one thing. I'm going to put that in quotes too. One thing that your ideal listener really cares about. Let's take it to this podcast as an example. This is not about plugging in mics, man. This is about growing an audience. This is about making money. This is about being successful with whatever currency you choose to gauge your success. Is it more people? Is it more money? Whatever. That's what this is about. What is yours about? Don't be everything to everyone. Do one thing, the one thing your listeners really care about. Number four, making a great podcast takes planning and editing. You won't get good results if you just hit record and hope for the best. I do this all the time. Right now, I'm 47 minutes and 40 seconds in. Look at your timer. <laughs> a lot of what I do gets chopped up, man. Ends up on the cutting room floor because it's not that good. Even though I'm going from bullet points, from notes, from stuff that's already planned, I'm still working out ideas as I'm speaking them to you. I'm not going to make you sit through those. Yeah, it takes time for me. But if I were to release this, say a thousand people listen to this and I save you 10 minutes, 10,000 minutes, man. That's a whole lot more time than I'm spending on this one episode. And by only affecting me, that's a lot of leverage. I don't mind doing that. Do you do the same thing for your listeners? Planning and editing. That's what makes good podcast, great podcast. Number five, knowing your target audience is the key to attracting them. You need to understand who you're speaking to and what they care about to be able to deliver value to them. You've heard me mention this at least twice on this episode. I'm curious what you're doing. Reach out to me via Twitter or Mastodon. Why am I doing that? Because I'm keeping in touch with the people who listen to this podcast. I do one-on-one -on -one conversations all the time with listeners. Before I do a big project, I definitely do that. Sit down with guys in focus groups, one-on-one -on -one calls. What is it that you're having problems with? I want to know so I can look into that and help fix those things for you. Knowing your audience, that's how I've sold a lot of books. That's why so many people listen to this podcast. Knowing your audience is key. Do you really know them? Are you having a conversation with them? Or are you just telling them what to do? In order to tell them what to do, You've got to listen to them. That takes it way back to the very beginning of this episode. Are you listening? Are you cutting them off thinking you know what's best? Don't assume that. Listen to them. Know your target audience. Number six, you need honest feedback from your ideal audience to improve your podcast. And the best way to get this feedback is to ask for it. Is that scary? Hell yes, it's scary. Do you always hear what you want to hear? No, not always. Several months back, I got an email. I talked about it here on this podcast. If you go a few months back, you will see this episode. And it was a guy who was talking about the big podcast insider episodes, the one that you are listening to now. And he said, man, these episodes kind of suck. All you're doing is telling me to go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You're making me do an extra step. The audio episodes of the big podcast insider issues, they're not that good. And I went and listened through that prism. So, you know, you're right. That's why these episodes are taking so long now, man. Because <laughs> when I go through these big ideas, and I just gave you six of them from Dave, 
I'm going into each of them to make this a complete thought for you. Could you go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com? Yeah, I encourage it, obviously. I've mentioned it about a dozen times on this episode so far. Yeah, go there. See it in writing. Really absorb this stuff. But if you never went to that website, you never read the print edition of Big Podcast Insider, you'll be fine. It's another one of those things that takes a little bit more time, but it is worth it. It's worth it. I've got more big ideas, more thoughts from Dave about why people will listen to your podcast and pay for it. Where? Ha! You know. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com Classified ads for you. Monetize your podcast with Pod Inbox. Pod Inbox makes it simple and fun to engage your fans and monetize your podcast with a custom webpage. Pod Inbox is similar to Patreon in that you can collect money. It is similar to an online answering machine. If somebody's got a question, they can ask you that question via Pod Inbox. If they've got feedback, like that feedback I was just talking about, they can do that via Pod Inbox. There's a free option you can get. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I would suggest at least signing up for that. Check out the paid plans. It might work for you. If you want to engage with listeners in a different way, if you want to make money from listeners through donations like Patreon does, it's a great option for you. Everything's linked. Newsletter.bigpodcast. Pictory automatically creates short, highly shareable, and branded videos from your long-form content with Pictory. What this does is it takes your audio podcast, you upload it to Pictory. I don't know how it does it. AI, black magic, who knows? But it's going to create a real video for you. A real video with highlights from what you talked about, with images attached. It is a very slick system, very professional. It's going to help you with YouTube if you're doing any kind of video work, actually. TikTok, Instagram, whatever. These videos work anywhere. I've got more information. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That is it. I've got two things for you to look at if you want more from me. One, the print version of this newsletter, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. And this version, the audio version, the one you're listening to right now, never miss an episode, not only getting the updates from the newsletter, Big Podcast Insider, but also getting standalone episodes Here's how to subscribe, or as the kids are saying these days, follow. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you. One for Android, one for iPhone, one is an RSS feed. I've also got a QR code that you can scan with your phone and through the power of the internet. Suck that podcast down from the great Big Podcast supercomputer into your phone. You can listen to me wherever you are, in your car, at the gym, at church. I don't care, man. Wherever you want to go, I'm going to be there with you bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there right now before you forget. Do subscribe, do follow. You'll never miss an episode and you can unsubscribe at any time. Doesn't work for everybody. It might not work for you, but you're never going to know until you go there right now and try it for yourself. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That is how to do it. Go there right now before you forget and I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.